0: Welcome to Dead House. I'm Dylan. I'm Nathan. How are you? I'm well, my friend. It's another lovely Sunday. Sun is shining. it's quite warm, mm-hmm. and uh, you went to the beach yesterday when it was drizzly <laughs> and not so nice.
1: Yeah, we rolled the dice and I think we got like a good hour of uh, not rain and then it started raining on us so we left. But still better than sitting at home doing nothing.
0: This is very true. I'm a big fan of making use of your days off. I find the older I get, and I say this not even being 30. Yeah, what the hell. The older I get, I can appreciate just a day of nothing. <laughs> like I used to feel like I was wasting time if I just if I just sat around like watching TV or I was like in sleeping in or I was just staying in and I wasn't going out. I was like I could be making music, I could be <laughs> trying new places, I could be seeing the world, but now that I'm old, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I use the I'm second com- day off. I'm
1: completely opposite. When I, when I was younger, I was more than happy to sit at home, do nothing all day, waste yeah. away and, you know, <laughs> waste wait, literally, literally waste away <laughs> in bed or something. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, man, it's, I want to get out and I want to do stuff. I hate just sitting at home doing nothing.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like one day of my weekend to do that and then the other to just chill. Fair, fair. But, um... Tell
1: you what though, in terms of doing something, that's yeah. an awkward segue, but we're going to stick with it. Okay. Uh, finally, like six or seven months after you got it for me, I finally played that final girl... Oh like yeah, solo yeah. card game you got me
0: That was like Was it The Thing-esque
1: one? Yeah, yeah. Well obviously they can't go The, the Thing Because yeah. it's copyright But it's called The Organism
0: Yeah okay
1: uh, in, in terms of Because so it's like this uh, Solo card playing Like RPG adventure game it Takes mm. like roughly 30 minutes to an hour To play a session mm. Longer than that To learn the rules I'll tell you <laughs> It's confu- kind of a confusing To start with But once you get the hang of it It's quite fun mm. uh, The Organism Is like the expansion pack and so they have other ones, I don't know what they're called, but it's essentially like Friday the 13th, like yeah. the poltergeist, some carnival one. Is there like a strangers I think Yeah, one? there's like a strangers themed one. Yeah. I think just looking at this rule and sort of the other ones, mm. you probably got us the most complicated one <laughs> to learn for the first time. Apologies. But it's really fun. Okay, I, uh, that's th- cool. Thank you for that gift uh, six or seven months ago.
0: Did you live or die? Uh,
1: so look, I've... I've I've played I think twice or three times now. Alex mm. has played maybe twice.
0: Mm.
1: I've beat the game once. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah,
0: yeah, interesting. I that reminds me, I was given Psycho Killer from my Secret Santa when we did our our friends group Secret Santa on Christmas Eve, mm. which was Alex. Yeah, and uh, it's meant to be a secret. I <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I played that with the folks. I think it was on Christmas Day, and. It, we kind of just play like the one game um to kind of like learn the rules as we go, and the idea is that you draw these cards and if you flip over a psycho killer uh whatever weapons cards you have in your hand with a number on it is how much damage you take and the first person to uh, exceed ten dies and they're out of the game, and the last one standing wins mm-hmm. There's five psycho killer cards in the deck. My dad drew all five of them <laughs> <laughs> so. It was Well, I, he probably was the
1: psycho killer. Yeah,
0: I think I ended up winning uh, just by de- default of a bad shuffle. <laughs> um, but yeah, so something I wanted to do on this episode, though, before we got into the, the movie we're discussing is talk about 2024 horror films that are coming out that uh okay. might be worth a watch or I'm, I'm not or exactly I'm well to.
1: versed in what's coming out so you're going to you can hit me with them
0: I've got a short list okay because uh I know of
1: one that's y- coming out yeah I
0: knew of like one or two and I knew of some that were in the works that I didn't know were like slated for release this year so mm-hmm. uh in no particular order a quiet place day 1 <laughs> which I'm not sure what that's going to be like because they kind of had flashbacks in 2
1: yeah I think in because my opinion on the second movie of that Is it was good but completely unnecessary mm. uh, And so I imagine It's probably going to be similar for this Like we don't okay. need to know Everything that happened on day one of the invasion or mm. the, Yeah, invasion is the right word
0: Yeah Like, I don't know Why not just show up from At this point,
1: like, it might just be a money grab
0: Yeah, it, it'd be cool to see it from like Different characters all together mm. Kind of like a Walking Dead thing Where they've got these spin-offs Of different parts of the world or something uh, Alien Romulus to tie in with our last episode Yep uh, Now the poster of that Is like Almost An ancient Egyptian Hieroglyph Like chiseled in stone So I don't know If this is going way back Or whether that's just for promo
1: That'd be interesting Like if, if they took it from I mean they could be taking Like the prey approach Where mm. they've gone like Oh yeah Let's get a predator Back in Native American times Yeah it's like let's get alien In like fucking ancient Egyptian Or ancient You know I think Just ancient be, times
0: I think that'd be cool Because I'm pretty sure I mentioned in that episode That Giga drew a lot of inspiration from like Egyptian mythology for that. Yeah, well, there's also
1: that bit in I think it's Anniverse Predator, I think it's Annihilation Predator One, where there's like that uh, flashback, mm. and there's like the Predators on top of a temple, fighting yeah, off like a horde of aliens. True. So maybe they could just be like, yeah, like we're going to like that time period, but mm. you know,
0: just the aliens. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, one that you'll be a fan of uh, Robert Eggers Nosferatu
1: Hell yeah When does that come out? Is that late 2024? I think it's Christmas Day <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> So <laughs> I know what I'm doing on Christmas Day
0: <laughs> Dude I'd totally go see that If the cinemas are open
1: yeah. um, Well if it's coming out on Christmas Day then Yeah well that's American
0: will. release I'm not sure oh, about okay. it over here
1: so we, so we might watch it on like Chris, uh, Boxing Day
0: Yeah something like that And that's gonna be black and white With your boy Willem Dafoe So that'll be interesting uh, Imaginary Which is a, a Blumhouse production And that's like a Kind of a cross between like Annabelle and Megan Where it's like this possessed doll Or something like that Like a teddy bear Right, sounds awful it Sounds like Five <laughs> Nights at Freddy's done well <laughs> uh, The first omen Which I only saw promo of this week Okay I don't know if that's only just been announced But uh, it seems like an origin story For the 70s classic And uh, I don't know if you consider this horror But it, it piqued my interest Is uh, a reimagining of The Crow With all Pennywise Bill Skarsgård is oh, Eric okay. Draven. Oh, I thought
1: you meant like actually the character of Pennywise. No, no, no. Wait, so Bill Skarsgård is playing Eric De Raven. Draven. <laughs> De Eric Because nice. uh, And yet they're ravens in the movie and yet they're called The Crow, but
0: that's a whole other issue. <laughs> He's also got, uh, I think Brandon Lee had hazel eyes and for the <laughs> one close-up <laughs> in the film, they used someone with blue eyes.
1: Yeah, what what colour eyes are Bill Skarsgård's? Ooh, I don't know. There you go. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'd definitely call that horror. Mm. Like horror-esque, like action, gothic crime, gothic horror But it's, <laughs> it's grothic <graphic> horror What? <laughs> Grorra But I'd still call it horror
0: Yeah, I'm keen for that because The is one of my favourite films um, Surely that means you wouldn't be keen for it Because they're probably going to ruin it Well, I'm kind of nervous But I trust in Bill Skarsgård's character acting And I trust that he'll respect the original material
1: but at the end of the day, he's an actor, and he still has to follow what the director says.
0: <laughs> Is he going to find a way to do the eye thing? <laughs> <laughs> Surely. Uh, anyway. anyway, should we get into today's episode? Uh,
1: we've we're, we've almost hit ten minutes, so <laughs> let's do it. I'll try. Like, let's talk about. And you were already saying that, <laughs> like this episode might run long because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. So let's let's actually start it.
0: Midsummer. Midsummer, 2019. <clears throat> You were particularly fond of this film from memory, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, I was. And uh, I'll just say it off the bat. It might have worked its way up to my, my top.
0: Ooh. Onto my top five. Interesting.
1: Like, I okay. knew I loved it the first time, but then going back and watching it the second time, mm. I think it's up there. Okay. It might have. Because it, in the Descent episode, I said that might have pushed its way out of top five. Mm. This might take its place. Ooh, okay. In the top five.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's definitely uh, one of the. Shiny examples of sort of this day and age is uh, what do they call it? Elevated horror. Some people would use that word, yes. And uh, it's very, very good, and it's got some brilliant cinematography in it.
1: Mm-hmm. It uh, is, without a doubt, I think, the most beautiful horror movie ever.
0: Maybe. Yeah, it's very nice to look at, and I think it's interesting how it uses like a story that's kind of been done before in different ways, but the it, Wicker Man. Yeah, particularly. <laughs> um but it sort of i don't know he puts like his own a24 spin on it (laughs) uh because i this was written and directed by ariasta but he didn't come up with a concept it was pitched to him and he reworked it yep which i found interesting and what was
1: the pitch they just wanted like i think they just wanted sort of a typical slash us but set in sweden is, is pretty much the outline that they were going for. Yeah, yeah. Which initially, I'm pretty sure I read, he was not a fan of because it's mm. kind of boring.
0: He's also not the slasher type if you look at his catalogue. But mm, uh, yeah. what I like most about this film is it's in broad daylight. Yes. and There I think are
1: maybe two or three shots actually at night time.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people refer to this as folk horror. Yep. Which yep. The only other example I can really think of is... I guess the ritual, if folk just refers to like folklore, I mean, she, and not so yeah. much like the community. Well, I mean,
1: the, like The Wicker Man is folk horror. I think it's just anything that takes, yeah, folklore or mm. anything that might be like cultish. Yeah, I think I it's sort of folk horror.
0: Yeah. And this is Ari's second feature film, isn't it? After yeah. Hereditary. Yeah, because
1: this was after Hereditary, and then he went on to make. Bo is Afraid. Bo is Afraid, that's it. Yeah. Which is not a horror, right? It's like, no, it's trippy, it's, but it's not a horror. I still haven't seen it.
0: It's kind of just like a psychological thriller, I guess. Okay. Uh, it's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, <laughs> yet I very much enjoyed it. It's also like three hours. Mm. Um, and even this one, I think, was like two hours, 28 minutes.
1: Yeah, and then I think the director's cut, which I've not seen, yeah. Uh, is yeah almost three hours.
0: Yeah, director's cut was way longer. And I think uh, A24, like, yeah, you got to trim that. <laughs> but even <laughs> yeah. then, like... For a film that's kind of a slow burn, like being, you know, two and a half hours, it's interesting enough where you can pick up things along the way. Yeah, it throws something up
1: on the screen of like, oh, I don't know, it's like all the tapestry and stuff. We'll get into mm. it because like, there's so much bloody foreshadowing in this movie. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But they'll like throw something up and it sort of explains like a certain portion of the, the commune's like, yeah, ideologies or mm. like rituals and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, like the religious history. Yeah. And, and beliefs. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like that show, don't tell, yet everything comes full circle in the end. And that's probably the most similar aspect to The Wicker Man, I guess, where like you've got these friends that are traveling and studying this commune for their thesis, whereas in The Wicker Man, it's just like a cop mm-hmm. investigating a missing girl. Similar final act, but um,
1: yeah, this is just like... Just less bees, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. fewer bees.
0: Yeah, funny you say that, because this was shot... In Budapest, Hungary, and apparently they had a lot of issues with wasps, <laughs> okay, like people right. were getting stung and they were like coming into the frame and things like that, right. uh, which I found quite funny. Um, that'd be quite distressing because unlike bees, they keep coming. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, apparently there are bees that can sting multiple times. So this film is starring Florence Pugh, is that how you say it? Yep. Pugh. Pugh. Of English accent. Yeah, she funny. Does a, she has a very good American accent in this.
0: Yeah, I think all of them did, considering that Jack Rayner, the boyfriend, oh, yeah. was the only American. Only American, yep. Yeah, so that's very cool. Kind of like Wolf Creek, I guess, the fact that the two British girls were Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Will Poulter, is that <laughs> how you say it? Eyebrows?
1: I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Before he got jacked for he, like the Marvel movies. I've got to give him credit. He's actually a very... Versatile actor He is He gets like A lot of shit mm. Probably because of the way He looks unfortunately
0: <laughs> I like him Okay I, like, I didn't say I didn't like him Yeah
1: <laughs> I just said he looks funny <laughs> uh, Yeah but I think like Going through his Catalogue of movies mm. Like he doesn't really Play two characters The same way Yeah Yeah In, and in it's, movies it's, he, He's got I don't know if you've seen The show The Bear yet We're like, no. ha- like halfway through The second season Oh okay He's in like So far i have seen An episode mm. And he killed it yeah, I've and heard I, and very good I, I think that was like behind the scenes stuff where he like went into this whole in depth stuff and like really got into character for these small amount of scenes. Mm. It was like that's a lot of effort for such small screen time.
0: I would really like to see a film where he is the main character.
1: Yeah, no, uh, and I, yeah. I'd also like to see him in a starring role. Like
0: yeah, he, he's always he's a earned side it character. by now. Uh, William Jackson Harper and Wilhelm Blomgren. Yes, that is as, as good as you can get. Yes. And uh, a huge cast of extras as well, which I oh, think yeah. is important to note in this film um, as credit to Arias's direction because having to shoot a film in broad daylight with a lot of single long tracking shots yep. with like 100 people would be such an undertaking. Oh, and yeah. He did it very well. Uh, and it was made on a budget of $9 million, Went on to make 48 million at the box office Yep A healthy sum That is healthy. Was that like five times more?
1: Yeah Which yeah. I only found out the other day Because I was listening to another podcast mm-hmm. Dead Meat No relation to Dead House Oh, what um, pod? Uh, they were doing I don't know It was called like this Talking about like cinema score mm. Which is like a way of rating movies Oh, anyway, okay, yeah Anyway, they, they got into this bit about How much a movie has to make To be like seen as
0: like Successful? Yeah, like successful To chart?
1: to Not to chart But to like to be not a write-off Like not lost money Oh And okay, so yeah. like it, They, they pretty much Yeah break even essentially Like pretty much When you say break even People think Oh it cost 9 million to make It's got to make 9 million To break even mm. Whereas apparently A lot of times It's like the producers Or the studio That makes it gets 50% And then the cinemas Get 50% And uh. then they roughly Chuck in another half a Yeah like half a an amount To uh, like cover marketing Gotcha and so apparently The number is like Two and a half times Like mm. it, the movie has to make back Two and a half times to be seen as not a waste of money or not successful or to be seen as successful.
0: Yeah, okay. Which is that makes like sense. Interesting. Yeah, which I think is why the Bloomhouse Productions model is such a clever idea in yeah. this day and
1: age. Like make a movie for a million dollars you're only going to make two and a half and it's successful. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you make a billion dollar movie <laughs> you know, Marvel, look you, at it. You You've got to you. make two and a half billion dollars to be seen as successful. Yeah. Which, which is, is absurd.
0: Yeah, and with such a huge cast as well like if they're If they opted for a percentage of royalties, like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, An interesting fact about this film as well is it premiered 13 months after being green-lit. So it was shot, edited, promoted uh, in just over a year. Oh, that's interesting. Which is, yeah, quite impressive. And for a film that is set in Sweden with a lot of Swedish actors, I like that there's no subtitles. Mm -hmm. So because you're sort of following this group of friends, is there, what, six of them? And some another tourist couple mm-hmm. uh, that are over there. Whenever they're surrounded by members of this commune and they're speaking their native tongue, and there's no subtitles, you really feel that isolation that the characters must be experiencing. Yeah. Um. Particularly, like even if they were speaking English, like you won't know what the fuck is going on because it's so abrupt and absurd. Yeah. Uh. I just think that adds to that, which mm-hmm. is really nice. And. Uh, what I also thought was interesting I wondered if this might have just been Netflix But um, apparently it was shot in a 2 to 1 aspect ratio Which in this day and age um, Is like boxier than most mm-hmm. A lot of times looking at the 2.39 to 1 So yeah, I thought that was cool Trying to give it a, a larger what's the, screen What's the standard you said? Is it 2.39 to 1? I don't know Or 2.35 to 1 I think I don't know. Um, that's like your Panavision kind of style that They adopted in the late 70s and uh, many props were auctioned to raise over $100,000 for the New York City Fire Department Foundation. That's pretty cool. Yeah, most notably the May Queen gown with all the flowers. Yep. I think there was like 10,000 flowers in it. Yeah, yeah. sold for $65,000. And uh, some of the people interested in that who placed a bid were Ariana Grande. I see it. And Halsey.
1: I don't see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so... What prop? Not to sidetrack you, but mm-hmm. if you could have any prop
1: from the movie, what would it be? This movie specifically? Yeah, obviously, this movie specifically. Ah. Uh... Like, all right, they're putting this on auction. Somehow, you've got money. Hmm. Your What is your auction? What is the item that you're going to put, put a bid on?
0: Part of me wants to say the mallet. Okay, but I like that. That's quite large. Yeah. So, part of me also wants to say maybe just, like, some of the tapestry. Like, the there, painted... Yep. Kind of ritual, there is a lot of tapestry. What about you?
1: I mean, I it's got to be some of the tapestry, but now that you have mentioned the mallet, that would be cool. But yeah. I don't know, that's not like specific enough to the movie. It's also huge, it's like yeah. eight feet tall. <laughs> I mean, Harley Quinn would use, yeah. Uh, no, it, I, I don't think it's actually physically in the movie, mm. so it, no, so that, that's a cheat. I was gonna say like the opening tapestry, mm. but that's not. In, that's not a prop That's That looks like it's Yeah Like I, done digitally or something I
0: wondered if that was like Just a painting Because it kind of parts Like shutters or something yeah. Doesn't it And
1: I don't exactly want The tapestry with like A girl cutting off her pubes And putting <laughs> fucking Menstrual blood in a drink Oh uh, yeah As true. interesting as that looks I wouldn't want to have it
0: <laughs> Hang it like a Happy birthday banner In your yeah. living room Or something <laughs> Uh yeah, so I guess for people who haven't seen Midsummer, it is fairly recent. Is this the most recent film we've done an episode on? Uh 2019. Maybe, yeah, 2019. I think so. Uh so it's these friends that travel to Sweden for Midsummer, which is this like traditional celebration for the summer solstice, right? And uh in this particular commune, it's in the form of a 9-day feast, I think they say, <laughs> which is rather extravagant. Um and I think they state at the first dinner that it's the first in 90 years. So, there's multiple
1: things happening. So, every year, they have, like, the May Queen dance celebration. Gotcha. And then, every 90 years, they have what you find at the end of the movie mm. is, like, the whole sacrifice celebration. Yeah,
0: got yeah. All right. So,
1: and, yeah, so, obviously, this is just the year that everything's taking place. Yeah, so I see. Because I, I think there's a lot of, like, nine symbolized... Symbol, Symbolic... Symbolism? Symbolism, there we go. <laughs> like, yeah, like, every nine uh, years... Sorry, no, every 90 years... Nine Day Feast Nine Day Feast There's something else Like midsummer. I think has nine letters
0: (laughs) Okay I have read that there's A lot of nine stuff Ah I didn't notice that I'll take a word for it Maybe there's like Nine panels On that tapestry Nine visitors
1: Maybe Oh nine sacrifices Nine sacrifices
0: Yeah Yeah. Okay Uh, Yeah And it's Essentially all of these Like paganistic rituals And um, The One of the friends That goes over there Is from this commune And Mm -hmm. they're all like College students in America and uh, essentially, the main character, Danny, is in a dysfunctional or unhealthy relationship with this guy, Very Christian. Very unhealthy relationship. Very shitty boyfriend. And In
1: fact, I think it might be the shittiest boyfriend in movie history.
0: I think so. I mean, <laughs> just thinking about it, like, so he kind of disregards her sister when she's, like, pleading for help and suicidal. Yep. He, like, shuts that down. He doesn't tell her that he and his friends are planning to go to Sweden in two weeks' time. Yep.
1: After he's already bought a ticket.
0: Yep. And he's like, oh yeah, I invited her, but she's not coming. Yep. Even if she says yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it can pretty much be boiled down to he's a gaslighting son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know what gaslighting is, it's where you pretty much sort of emotionally manipulate someone into like making them think what they're doing is wrong. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just like a form of emotional abuse. Yeah. yeah. Jaden loves to do it to me all the time. <laughs>
0: He even like goes to steal or does steal, like his friend's thesis. Yeah, like, the whole reason yeah. that they went there was so this guy <laughs> could do his thesis on this commune or their their rituals. Mm-hmm.
1: The actor is a very good at portraying him. Like mm. I, I think the actor is quite, quite lo- quite lovable, quite good. But yeah, the character yeah. itself is a despicable human being. But mm. yeah, it boils down to like he's gaslighting, he's spineless, yeah, and he's indecisive, yeah. Like they're his biggest problems. Yeah. It starts with he wants to break up with her, but he's too scared. Uh, What's he say? Like, what if in the future I want her back but can't have her? Mm. And so he's living in fear of that when he should just grow a... Oh, that's true, yeah. Grow a spine and just do it and just live with the consequences. Yeah. And then, you know, then her sister dies Mm. by suicide and then... Like, he's locked into it. Like, you can't break mm. up with someone after their sister just died. Or actually, Alex was like, well, you should just do it anyway. Like, she's already... <laughs> Rip the bandaid yeah, off. Yeah, she's already, you know, as low as Jesus. she can get. So, now's the perfect time. Oh, man. Um. And yeah, and then, so he's spineless and she doesn't want to say she doesn't want to go because she too is, like, living in fear of
0: what if he leaves me? She also is, I feel, respectful of the fact that she doesn't want to, like, intrude on their decision because she kind of... Tiptoes around it When she confronts the friends And she's like Hey I've been invited I'm coming along I hope that's okay Like she doesn't push it at all
1: Yeah but I think I don't think it's out of respect I think it's out of fear and anxiety
0: Yeah maybe And that Swedish friend Does kind of Confront her Yeah about that Like Mm -hmm. while they're over there He's like look He's no good for you You deserve better And I think at the end of the movie Like he even like Kisses her Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of glossed over Yeah
1: he's (laughs) He's an interesting character because in the beginning of the movie, he's the only one of the friends to like actually give Danny like, you know, a conversation and like invite her in and like actually he's kind of the only one to say, Hey, I heard about your sister. Like, I'm sorry. Like maintains eye contact and everything, which makes her uncomfortable. Mm. And then you find out throughout the movie, eventually that he's kind of this mastermind behind it all. And so he's kind of a scummy character.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like he,
1: like it's almost like he set out once he knew that Danny was coming, he set out to like, drive a wedge between Mm. her and Christian and then, like, make his way in.
0: Yeah, he had an ulterior motive. Uh, We spoke briefly a moment ago about the opening sequence where you've got that kind of bright painting, the parts to reveal these, like, cold, snow-covered woods. Mm -hmm. I really like these jarring sequences because they kind of use that back-to-back where you have that opening, which I guess is, like, in uh, America. It's not showing Sweden because it's... It's like snowing outside when she's grieving. Yes. Um, But I guess to back that up, there's also the moment where uh, you've got this kind of choir harmony in Mm -hmm. the score. And it just cuts off suddenly to the phone ringing. That made Alex jump. Yeah, okay. It was great. Yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Um, And then when... Danny calls Christian on the phone crying. That entire shot is a single take mm-hmm. and it's very tight framing like you can't even see her whole head and she's just like telling him that she's fine with like tears rolling down her face. Like yep. it just makes you uncomfortable from the get-go <laughs> of this film and yeah. only gets worse.
1: And it makes you really like instantly feel for that character.
0: Mm. Like she's going through
1: something like horrible and she's obviously feeling really shit mm. but she's still because of her own like anxiety and stuff, she's still like putting on a brave voice and face yeah. to like make him happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's quite heart wrenching to be honest. Yeah, and I think Ariaster adapted this script not long after he had experienced a breakup, and he's even described this movie as uh, a breakup movie wrapped in a horror <laughs> film. Yeah, uh, which I can kind of see. Uh, and you mentioned before that Danny's sister commits suicide, and she does this by gassing herself and their parents. Uh, mm-hmm. With the the exhaust, cars in the garage, the exhaust of a car, <laughs> quite elaborately too. She's got like the hoses going up the stairs, and you know, duct tape under the door, and it's it's quite a horrendous sight. Uh, but what I particularly liked about this moment was when it cuts to uh, the scene of the firefighters uh, investigating the scene. You've got this ominous score that comes in that sounds like a car horn. Did you I, notice I, that? I, I didn't notice that. I thought that was interesting because at first they like cut to a shot of the car mm. and that sound begins and I forgot like how it played out and I was like oh okay so maybe like they reach in turn the key off and the sound stops but it kept going mm-hmm. and the whole scene is actually silent and I oh, thought yeah. that was an interesting touch um, and then when you do show Christian uh, caring for Daniel Walsh's screaming and crying reminded me a lot of Tony Collette's performance in Yeah, yeah. I think grief just is pure just grief. yeah it's just a an emotion or a theme that's explored a lot in his films mm-hmm. And uh, you get that slow zoom through the window behind them where you've got this warm interior of this heartbreaking scene and it just slowly zooms through the window to this cold exterior Mm -hmm. at night. I thought that was uh, really cool too.
1: Yeah, a lot of very good just transitional shots in this movie like mm. whether it's just starts on in in frame like showing the inside and then zooms to just show the outside or when it's like a lot of match cuts mm. or I think the best one is when she's in the apartment with the friends and then she walks into the bathroom door and then it turns into the airplane oh, bathroom dude, door that match cut was it's like beautiful a, like an overhead shot it's phenomenal
0: yeah yeah uh, there's an interesting adaptation like that in uh, I want to say it's like John Wick 4 okay. where this one shot fight scene of him just taking on all these armed dudes in this house is done like a top-down game oh uh, yep and you can just yeah. see him going like room to room and this like complex choreography is he's taking him out
1: i love a good top-down shot yeah it's always interesting
0: yeah you don't see it often enough uh and you mentioned before as well about like a lot of foreshadowing in the mise-en-scene i think what the hell is a mise-en-scene mise-en-scene is like <laughs> <laughs> props and set design it's like showing but not telling. Right, okay. Um, of the painting behind her bed of the crowned girl with the bear. Yep. And that's pretty much the final scene. Yep, Yeah. Uh, that was nice. and I think that painting is um, adapted from like a famous fairy tale in Sweden. Yeah, I think a Swedish, Swedish uh,
1: an artist painted it.
0: Mm. And speaking of really nice shots, I guess, uh, off the back of that match cut is I really enjoyed the inverted tilt shot of the car. Kind mm-hmm. of like what they did in uh, The Conjuring, I think. Yeah. And it's like driving down the highway, and it's this single shot that just goes upside down. And I kind of interpreted that as them going below, like they're about to go through hell.
1: I, I didn't interpret it going through hell. That's that's a nice way to look at it. I just thought it was just a complete like, way to make the the viewer just feel disoriented. And mm. so like... Other you, side of the world. Other side of the world, like it... it Alex could barely watch those scenes because oh. it was upside down. Well, she, she gets motion, she gets motion sickness. sickness. And so she couldn't really watch it. And, sure. it just, and so I was like, I, I assume it's there to make the viewer feel uncomfortable. And so mm. it's like, okay. So we're, we're now exiting what we, what we know, what we're used to, and it's about to get weird oh, and uncomfortable. Okay, yeah.
0: I can see that. Yeah, equally coming through. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, and you know what I love is as soon as these friends get there and uh the community welcomes them and first thing they do is like offer them shrooms yep and they trip (laughs) um will polder's character is like what's the time and he's like 6 p.m what no it's it's 9 p.m oh 9 p.m he's like what do you mean it's 9 p.m why is the sky blue i don't like that at all
1: yeah my favorite part is when there's a guy walking up and he's like oh no a new person (laughs) i don't want any new people right now
0: i like when he lays down and just like what are you doing? Lay down. I want you to lie down. It's like, he does it so well. Yeah. I think
1: people have said this is like the most accurate representation of doing hallucinogenics. Yeah. Which obviously we're not familiar with, but mm. from the from the the people I've spoken to in real life that have done like acid and stuff like that, like yeah. this is very much what it looks like. I've it's just everything's, you're not hallucinating things appearing. It's just yeah. everything just looks... Like, it's moving and swaying mm. and breathing and you're like, you've got grass growing out of your hand.
0: Yeah, I have heard of it quickly becoming anxiety-inducing um, <laughs> after you get that first moment of, like, your third eye opening after, like, tripping on LSD or something. But mm-hmm. throughout the film, because they seem to, like, incorporate the drug use in, like, every feast. Yep. They have, so the tourists are kind of constantly tripping and Danny always has a bad trip. Yes. And, like, she always gets... Glimpses of her parents, or she sees, um, yeah, like grass or roots coming up mm. through her hands and feet,
1: or literally sees her sister in the mirror.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you you mentioned about like the moving background. I really like how everything kind of undulates uh, when one of the characters are high, and that kind of becomes a recurring theme. Even when she's wearing like the ground and the gown, mm. and you see like the flowers like opening and closing. That yeah. was really nice because it was subtle enough that. It'd be forgivable If you didn't notice But Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean,
1: In terms of flowers They use flowers Like a lot in this movie For sort of sim- Symbolism And like like, like uh, Important moments mm. Like when she becomes The May Queen She's fully engulfed In flowers Yeah When yeah. Uh, When Christian's Going to meet Maya For like You know To get it on Yeah <laughs> Like they he, he follows a A bed of Sort of flowers oh, That they're putting okay. down Literally as they're Walking into the village For the first time They're following a, a, Like a like, on the path, mm. a bunch of yellow... I don't know if they're poppies or whatever. A bunch of yellow mm. flowers are growing on the path.
0: Oh, and they get handed flowers. And they get handed like flowers. like a welcome yeah. or something. Yeah, interesting. A so, lot,
1: lot of use of flowers to sort of symbolise yeah. importance in this movie.
0: I also like how colourful this is for a horror. Mm-hmm. Lots of colour and... And the,
1: the pure stark contrast of, like, the opening scene with the... Danny's sister killing herself is just grey and awful. Yeah. And then as soon as you get to, to Sweden, it's like everything's bright and colorful and bright. Yeah,
0: it's all daylit. And I like that you mentioned about the flowers because the community often says how they're kind of one with nature and they return to the earth when they die and all this kind of thing. So maybe the flowers are also like a symbol of their rebirth or yeah, yeah. reincarnation, something like that. Uh, speaking a bit more about the set design I really like the Swedish architecture like you've got these like deeply slanting roofs like even into the ground yeah Uh, you've got these hand painted interiors where it's like a Sistine Chapel-esque design you know inside of their sort of rituals but they also live this kind of Amish lifestyle like I only kind of thought of this this morning is that the only technology that you see in the film once they're in Sweden is Josh's Mobile phone and laptop. Sure. Like there's no electronics there's, in the commune. Yeah. None of them. You don't they see they anyone else on their phone or anything. They have
1: vapes and there's a car.
0: Oh, I thought that was v- just straight up smoking. No, they had vapes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, and I like guess the, the car, like two, yeah. two of the friends, not any of the villagers. Okay. But yeah.
0: So, so but, I guess none of the yeah, Swedish people.
1: Yeah, yeah. The only technology that the Swedish people
0: have is uh yeah, a, a car mm, mm. and even like the temple that comes into play at the end where they say it's forbidden you can't go in there it's like this bright yellow pyramid uh, it's just really unusual and the barn where they've kind of got this like dorm set mm. up with the two levels it's all like wooden with like pastel blue and white walls I don't know it's just very unusual I'm not used to seeing this in a horror <laughs> this, this whole movie to like the viewer on like a bizarre experience as well as the characters mm. which I think is really cool. And earlier we spoke of this tapestry where it's like kind of like their uh, flag or their kind of, um, I don't know, this cloth they they worship or whatever. It's like something that they have hanging up at this camp. And like you said, it's got like each panel is kind of a a step in this love ritual really where they procreate to to keep this commune alive and Mm -hmm. advance. But the camera pans right to left. Yeah, that's strange. It's almost like a Japanese book. I thought that was cool. But do Swedish people read backwards? I don't know. Uh, I I meant to look that up before I said this. <laughs> yeah, because there's also
1: no writing in that commune. Like, I don't mm. think they can they even write, read or write not English, but like words because they, well, they, have they do everything in, they do everything in runes and like runes. Oh, well, letters. true.
0: Yeah, I guess that's just their version of it, like yeah. kanji. Yeah. Okay. But uh, even then, like their oracle they call him like the, the inbred mm-hmm. guy that was sort of inbred purely to see things and draw things. They interpret his drawings and write it in their scripture as their own Bible. They never have like a god, but they just say like doing this this ritual guarantees like their successful crops. Yeah like following well, not in.
1: every religion needs a god. They just sort of worship the you know the land, the I land, guess. the earth, their connection to it all. Yeah, yeah. Gaia.
0: Yeah, and they have some unusual customs as well, like particularly whenever they eat. You get like the Mexican wave of grabbing the cutlery and these weird like exhalation sounds and yep. humming. There and is things.
1: there is something to that though, because I'm pretty sure I, I forgot to pay attention this time I watched it, mm. but I was reading that the you never actually see any of the villagers eat. Like, oh, oh, like just every the every time yeah, every time they have a like a an eating scene They only ever, like, put the tips of the fork in their mouth and none of them are actually seen eating the food. Oh, okay. because there's even a scene, like, way later in the movie towards one of the end feasts, where, like, some of the food is rotten and has, like, flies coming off it. I did see that, yeah. So, I don't know if that's just meant meant to indicate this is all for show, like, and they're only putting on the food for them. Mm. And it's just
0: all part of the ritual? I don't know. Yeah, that is strange. Because they wouldn't go to the extremes of, like, cooking those pies and... I, I'm, well, they they drink the, like, whatever the fuck it is, the fungus the weird that they tea. put in the tea, yeah. yeah. But I guess that's just them constantly tripping. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe it's
1: just like a nine-day fast.
0: Yeah. And I like that they had this ancestral tree. It's just this massive dead tree at, like, the border of their commune. And um Mark just, like, takes a piss <laughs> out of this dude, just comes over <laughs> abusing him. Yeah. That was great. uh And I think there's something to be said there about, like, Westerners going to other, like, foreign cultures and not respecting mm-hmm. their customs. There's, uh, I'm sure there's some underlying themes or well, a like, message what, yeah, in there.
1: One of the uh, quotes in the movie is when they're sitting down and the villagers have, like, this game going on, which I think is when they say it's called Skin the Fool, another bit of foreshadowing mm-hmm. there. But uh I think it's Christians like, oh, can anyone join? And then Pele says to him, like, oh, you're an American, just shove yourself in like you always <laughs> do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I guess the last thing I want to mention, um, that's probably the most bizarre or uh, memorable element of, of their customs, is that the commune members willingly die before they turn 73. What was it at a stupa? Is that what it's called? I can't recall, but it's I mean, essentially to, to keep like, the, the commune members uh, really only around like procreation and to the point where they can be a parental figure and then they move on because it's, they do what's best for their party, right? Yeah.
1: Like, it makes sense from a like logical point of view. Mm. I don't know if seventy three is the right age for that. Like, <laughs> there's still like, eighty and ninety year olds out there still kicking. Yeah, but yeah, it's essentially because they the, like their whole belief and idea of life is that they have the four seasons of their life. Mm. And so when they're born, it's the spring, and then from the, when they're born until they're nineteen is spring, mm. and they just kind of you know learn and live. Grow, and yeah. then from nineteen to thirty six might be their pilgrimage years where they go out into the world and explore and learn. Yeah. And then from 36 to 72, I think, is their working. Mm. I, don't, I, I think I think that one might be their summer or autumn. I don't know. And then from then, yeah, they, they're they too old to work. Yeah. And so they, in order to not be a burden for the, oh, that's for right. the commune, yeah, that's then they, they word just it. off themselves to make yeah. room for the new ones.
0: Yeah. And in that scene, because they have like the first dinner moment, I think, uh, before that, and everyone's dressed in white, but the elderly and the people that kind of escort them to this cliff are in blue, mm-hmm. which I thought was, I guess, just a representation of sadness or, I don't know, this morose undertone. But they go to this cliff and there's all these onlookers and the tourists don't know what's happening, except does Josh know?
1: <laughs> yeah, because he, he's like, oh, are we really going to see an out of so he's clear, yeah. he clearly knows what's going on. And then Dick Move doesn't tell anyone.
0: Yeah, because he's the one that's... Well, initially doing it for his thesis. So mm. he's done a bit of research before going there. Uh, but he doesn't tell anyone. And he still seems equally shocked. Which, to be fair... yeah, are an hour into the film, I think, by this point as well. So there's really been no action yeah. until now. Which is testament to its, um, its slow build and its ebbs and flows of pacing. Mm-hmm. And... The elderly, one at a time, just step off this cliff and fall onto this rock that's like, I don't know, 50 meters down. And what I love about the impact is you don't even hear it. You just see the mm-hmm. body just kind of like, it's not even limp. It's just like, pfft. yep. It's it's quite unnerving how uh, just, I don't know, blatant <laughs> yeah. it is. Visceral. Yeah, yeah. Unflinching. And they show shots of these heads caving in. Uh, I mean,
1: that's an Ari like, thing. He loves his, yeah. his broken, smashed-in heads in movies. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if there is one in, in Bo is Afraid.
0: There, there is gore in <laughs> Bo is Afraid, but it's it's different. It's okay. different. Um, and, yeah, there's, like, even a slow-mo shot, I think, of the woman, like, bouncing off the, the rock. And you just yep. see, like, her face is just mush. It's gnarly, man. Uh, but the interesting thing is that the man who goes second survives the fall and he's like twitching and moaning on the ground and then the, the crowd kind of mimics the sounds he makes which yep. becomes a recurring theme throughout mm-hmm. the film as well. I guess it's the point of like suffering as one. Yeah. And uh, that's when the mallet comes into play and you get these people in like this procession to like march up behind him and just take turns bashing his head in to put him out of his misery.
1: They take their fucking sweet ass time for it too. Yeah. Oh, let
0: me walk up slowly while this man is dying. Yeah, it's it's wild. And even then, like, it cuts to them cremating the bodies and they just, like, have them on these, like, makeshift slabs and mm. put them over this bonfire and they just show them, like, melting. It's pretty pretty full on. Uh, it's pretty intense. Uh, but what I also just thought of this morning was it's, again, a suicide like the beginning of this film, but such a different tone. Mm-hmm. Like you've got the opening one where it was out of depression and everything's got this grey filter over it and it's um, such a gut-wrenching moment. And then you've got this where it's brightly lit and everyone's smiling and it's almost like a celebration mm-hmm. of well, life, I I, I think guess. a lot
1: of that is because uh, a big portion of this movie and like sort of the... The plot and the reason for it is like Danny finding a home. And so, mm. and so, like, this whole suicide scene is kind of, I guess, meant to like show that Danny's only ever had experience with death and suicide at like a negative thing. Mm. And so, then all of a sudden, here's another point of view is like another way to look at death. Yeah. And so, the, like, because the whole, re- life. yeah, the whole reason she's in this like horrible grief and depression is because someone died, where it's like, now she's in a place where death is viewed as like a good thing and a mm. positive experience, not positive experience, but like good for the community and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And like, although she doesn't see it now, like it's just another step in the process of like her finding a home in this,
0: let's call it a cult. Mm, I think uh, the friend, what's his name? The Swedish friend? Pele. Pele. I think he even like says like this could be a home or something like that, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he, when he's comforting the, her.
1: The, yeah. There's a very much uh, throughout the movie... Indication that they are like essentially grooming her to become part of the cult Mm, As mm. soon as they enter the village I notice that uh, some of the elders When they're greeting them They say, oh yeah, welcome to each of the friends And then when they get to her, they're like, oh, welcome home Ah, I didn't notice that that. There's a lot of people that like think that the older lady that kills herself Looks like Florence Pugh And so they think, oh, they did that casting decision on purpose To say this old lady is dying And so now there's room for another one Mm, Interesting
0: I think as well, it's like important to note that in the beginning, she didn't just lose her sister to suicide. She lost her entire family in one hit.
1: The the only person she's got left is some abusive, you know, gaslighting son of a
0: bitch. Yeah, it's fucking heavy. Yeah. Uh, Did you notice the shining carpet pattern? You said noticed.
1: Uh, No, I didn't. Which, where where do you see that?
0: So when they're in like the dorm barn thing, Mm -hmm. uh, Danny's bed... It's the only one Because I noticed I went back (laughs) It's the only one That has this pattern On her like Doona cover
1: That's cool I mean it makes sense Her name is Danny. (laughs) Yeah
0: And what's even cooler Is that That's the same scene So it opens with her um, Like coming out of bed Or whatever Or I think that happens after And she has this Dreamlike sequence Where There's like this Black fog coming out Of her mouth She Mm -hmm. gets sharp glimpses Of her dead sister Or the people that died That day or whatever Just like when Danny Torrance shines They have those Similar sequences in the movie. So what we're saying is, she can shine. I think it's just <laughs> such a an awesome subtle homage, homage to, yeah. to Kubrick's Shining. Uh,
1: anyway, tidbits aside, and in the original The Shining, in the book, right, they use a mallet. Ooh, uh, instead of an axe. That's
0: true. A roke mallet. Hey, that's cool. I didn't I didn't think of that. Uh, and I think it's the same scene where Josh kind of wakes up and sees that girl. Was it Maya? You said. Mm-hmm puts like that rune on the Christian's bed, which is meant to like cast a love spell, I believe. And it's like carved in this little piece of wood and then he asks what it is and Pele just kind of plays it off as like some child joke kind of thing. No, he he doesn't play it off as the joke. He's like, yeah, she's,
1: she's of age now. She wants to bang you.
0: Oh, okay. I thought he was just like, oh yeah, it's just something like girls do when they like someone. Like pass a note in class saying, do you like <laughs> so-and-so. <laughs> They're sitting at the table and... His drink is spiked with menstrual blood. I didn't know how else to say this. So I just said it out the gate like that. And you get this like funny dialogue where he finds a pube. In his pie. In his pie. And Mark's like, ooh, is that a pube? And he's like, no, it's just a hair. Yeah, pubic (laughs) hair. It was good to have that that moment of comedy there. In fact, I read that a lot of Swedish viewers thought this entire film was just meant to be a (laughs) black comedy. Yeah. And like a satire of their traditions. Anyway. I mean, it's, uh, it's good they saw it that way
1: instead of like, you know.
0: Yeah. they, 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 they could, There could be a world where they took offense to it. And yeah.
1: But yeah, it's all in good faith, surely. Um, but it's not taking, making fun of the Swedish community. It's just sort of no. making fun of like cultist extremists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, what I liked about that scene, though, is you get this long shot of the four sitting at the table and you've got the four drinks. And his is the only one that's, like, orange. The mm. other three, yellow.
1: And I don't know how they didn't notice that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe he thought he just got a special one. Sure. It sure was special. <laughs> oh, And uh, he didn't, like, grimace after his first sip or anything mm. either. So, yeah. Anyway, leave it at that. Uh I was thinking of a joke that my <laughs> mother once told me about a <laughs> vampire in a bar. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember if it's before or after this but Josh who's the the guy doing the thesis on the commune uh, is speaking with their like religious leader and he shows him the scripture and he asks to take photos and he's like absolutely not mm-hmm. you know this that'd be sacrilegious whatever so in the middle of the night he sneaks in there and he's taking photos of the book on his phone and then this guy appears in the doorway behind him wearing no pants <laughs> he's just hanging freely hanging dong and <laughs> And he's wearing Mark's face. Yeah. yeah. And I then the
1: one who's wearing the face, his name is Ulf. Oh. Who, who was the guy that yelled at Mark for yeah, pissing on the tree. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah. Okay.
1: And I, I'll be honest, the very first time I watched this, mm. like I didn't catch that that was specifically Mark's face. Oh, okay. I, because, I don't know, it, it doesn't really look <laughs> enough like Will like like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, even though he says Mark. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, mm. creep, creepy scene. Yeah. Dude yeah. wearing his friend's... Face as a a mask and then killing someone Mm. with a mallet to the head. Skin the fool. Yeah, and that's where the skin the fool, you know, foreshadowing before comes in. Yeah. And then later when he has a, like, they put a jester hat on him.
0: Yeah, that was nice. Uh, That just actually reminded me of the last episode of House of Usher. (laughs) Uh, And Danny uh, partakes in this ceremony where they kind of have this, like, uh, festive... Festivus pole <laughs> They have this pole Where these girls Like hold hands And sing and dance Around it And when they get dizzy And fall over They're out And they keep going To one's left And <laughs> the last remaining Dancer is crowned The May Queen Right And uh, that's where uh, She uh, Has like the gown With all the moving flowers When she's tripping And Someone tries to, like, force-feed her a whole herring, which is, or herring, sorry, not a fucking bird. (laughs) Tries to feed her a fish down a gullet, which is disgusting. Uh, And I like that she kind of turns away and gags, and everyone's like, (gasps) like, shocked, but then they all laugh. Yeah. Because that could have been a very awkward moment. Sure. Um, And then Christian, like, sits at the table, and he's, like, clearly having a bad trip. (laughs) He's, like, sweating profusely, looking around with dilated pupils. It was just uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And they're kind of watching each other, but because she's now the May Queen, now everyone in the commune kind of looks to her at the table, and when Mm -hmm. she makes a move, that's when they pick up their cutlery and so forth. Uh, And that's where Christian's led away to have sex with this girl, Maya, and it's in this room where they're surrounded by naked women that also mimic the sounds. Yes. Uh, I think Maya even reaches out and holds the hand of presumably her mother.
1: Oh, I... I don't know if you can presume that. Okay. It's some a some woman, girl, yeah, and later.
0: then another woman comes behind and is like pushing on his buttocks to like get him right up in there. It's a weird scene.
1: It, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, an interesting sex scene. It's definitely one of the more awkward ones you wouldn't want to watch with your parents.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, presumably uh, I, another Ariasta you know, loves his
1: naked old people.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was that was uh, a very drawn out. <laughs> scene and Danny uh, leaves the table and comes to to look for him and she looks through a keyhole but you don't see what she sees you just Mm -hmm. see her reaction from the side I thought that was a nice decision Mm -hmm. Uh, and you get this really fascinating moment where she goes back to the dorm and is kind of grieving with these other girls that were like teaching her their, their ways and they kind of grieve with her and like it's this really cathartic experience where they just kind of like screaming at each other to get it out and um i don't know there's something something interesting i thought in that where we've got this parallel of these similar scenes playing out but one is like horrific and then the <laughs> other one is like healing in a way
1: yeah well i think it's also meant to be like the first time that you know other people or anyone else has like fully like felt her pain with her like empathize with her Mm. whereas usually people are like minimizing it or you know saying get over it You know your sister died whatever Mm. whereas this time it's oh yeah all these people are mirroring her and actually feeling her pain
0: yeah like I said at the cliff scene because they're all one Mm. they're kind of suffering together Uh, and what I like after this is Christian finishes (laughs) you get another dong shot Uh, bloody dong as well bloody dong Alex pointed that out to me oh yeah um he runs out of there and you get this like final circuit where he discovers um some of these missing friends popping up in mutilated ways like you see josh's legs sticking out of the fucking (laughs) garden uh and how gnarly was it when you find simon in the chicken coop the blood eagle they call that dude that was so like hellraiser-esque oh yeah also, so he's he's hanging there above these chickens pecking about beneath him mm-hmm. and his back's like flayed. Yep. But it looks like Lung's like still moving.
1: Yeah, I think because I, th- I watched the latter half of this movie with subtitles because Netflix sucks. Right. Uh, and it does have like a descriptor saying like Lung's breathing. Oh, sort of sound. Dude. So it, it is meant to be like put forward that he was killed and then he's being kept alive and he is yeah. like actually breathing. A lot oh. of people out there say, no, that doesn't make sense because you need your diaphragm mm. and it's just the drugs making it look like it's moving, but... Oh, okay. You got, I think you've got to suspend your disbelief a little yeah. bit and say, yeah, he, they, he's still alive. I think it's ambiguous enough
0: because there's not like a shitty jump scare where he comes to when Christian's yeah. underneath him, which I very much liked. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also like his eyes are like flowers. Yeah. It's just a, you know, more, horrifically f- more beautiful flowers used shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And what I like about Christian running around naked like that in The Final Circuit is it kind of flips the convention. Instead of having, like, naked women in these horror classics of the Mm -hmm. 80s uh, be humiliated, it's the guy. Mm -hmm. And particularly, um, like, you know, a manly dude that's kind of like a bro and, you know, very uh, arrogant uh, American character. I thought that was very nicely done. Mm -hmm.
1: And props to the actor. Because mm. apparently, ballsy, he, like, literally. It, it, yeah, it was. It was his like. Well, it was mm, like. <laughs> I think I was like. <laughs> well, it was mostly dick. <laughs> no. no, I was say. I'm sure it was in the script that he ran around, but apparently he was really pushing for like, all right? How much can we put in? Like, I want to. Mm. I want to be as nude and as bare for as much as possible because he wanted to, like, really get into it. Yeah, props. So I was like, yeah, like that makes you love the the actor even more. Yeah, man. I don't think I could do it. Oh,
0: in uh, front of a cast of that many extras. <laughs> How much am I getting paid? In fl- front yeah. of a fucking Florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is it Connie? Simon's partner? Is yep. that her name? She, y- you see later, I don't know if it's like later that day or what, but like her wet bloated body in a wheelbarrow. So mm-hmm. presumably she was drowned somewhere. Yep. Uh, and that's where they start preparing the bodies of these visitors for this uh, sacrificial ceremony where they're essentially... Skinned and stuffed with straw Like these well, six scarecrows. Only one of them is that One of them? Yeah okay. Oh one dude has like branches Coming out of his mouth and shit Yeah It's pretty gnarly Yeah cause I think it's the two One oh, no, of the two old people are uh, There's two
1: volunteers For some reason Yeah two, well two volunteers Cause you know They're a cult uh, They gotta have people I Volunteering to commit suicide I guess they want living suicide.
0: people as well
1: Yeah uh, well, I don't think they have to be living. They just have to... They, they volunteered, and so they die in the fire. But yeah. then, because the old people got burnt to, like, ash, so it wouldn't be them. So I can't remember who the other two people with, like, branches are.
0: Because thought... they say it's four outsiders, four people in the village. Anyway, I just remember that scene, uh, that shot even of just, like, a face and a straw coming out mm. of the, arm, the like mouth and eye holes. It was, oh, just so... Gross. I've never seen that before in a horror yeah. film.
1: Well, I've got I've got something to say about that, about using straw in just a second. Okay. Continue your thought here.
0: Okay. Oh, the other thing I was gonna say is uh how they like disembowel a bear that they have in a cage mm. when they get there. And there's this graphic like autopsy scene essentially where they scoop the guts out into a bucket and they, they sit Christian inside it, sew him up and then they sit him. Paralyzed, presumably, with some drug mm. in the middle of it all, and then they set it alight.
1: Yeah, I do love how, like, early in the movie, where it's just before you, oh, I think it's around when you see the tapestry, and right. they're showing Connie and uh, Simon around, mm. and they just walk past, and he's like, No one's gonna mention the fucking bear, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so like, It's a bear, what do you want? And it never comes up later in the movie, and um, yeah, well, until they use the bear,
0: until then, right? This, yeah. But that's like the last, what, 10 minutes of the movie, yeah. Well, so, I,
1: the, uh, Christian and Danny apparently. Uh, don't say a word for the last like fifteen to twenty five minutes of the movie, other than her singing. Like as soon as yeah, okay, that's, as soon that's as true. she's crowned May Queen, I'm pretty sure she doesn't like. Neither of them speak. Hmm. Because the the two volunteer sacrifices are given like dew drops from like a yew tree, and they say like ah uh, you know, yeah, dew from the yew tree. This will make you not feel fear, and this will make you not feel uh, pain. Okay. I think that might be it
0: Visibly suffers When his arm catches the light And you can just hear him screaming Yes I thought it was A cool choice as well To leave the barn doors open Mm. Because then you've just got It it almost reminded me Of like a Robert Eggers Final shot to a film Sure Where you've got uh, Christian burning alive In this bear suit He can't scream Because he's paralysed And you just have uh, Danny dressed up As the May Queen Watching him And eventually smiling Mm -hmm. And then the credits roll A lot of people have likened the ending to this movie To the ending
1: of The Witch In that Mm. it's like A girl that was in a bad situation Has now found a home with new people Mm. And is happy Uh, The Witch does it in a positive way This is she's been indoctrinated into a cult Yeah Uh, Yeah. Which, (laughs) you
0: know, a coven
1: Sure Yeah, but like a bad cult Yeah I don't know. It's it's a def- it's a divisive ending on this movie. Some people say it's a happy ending, and that yeah, she's now found a home. Mm. Other people say no, she's now in a cult. They're probably going to kill her next, or she's deluded and lost her mind.
0: I don't think I like it. Okay. Do you like the ending?
1: I like it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I very much like the sacrifice, yeah. but just that shot of her smiling, I could have done without. But I'm sure no one asked her It was there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is. That is how this film wraps up. You get it, It's a fucking downer. You get <laughs> this, this group of tourists, go to this commune, get fucked with and uh, made to trip the whole time they're there. And then just, yeah, sacrifice to, for the greater good of their commune. The greater good. The greater good.
1: Uh, I'll mention it now because why not? Uh, when I was talking about the straw stuff, something, oh, yeah. something that I noticed very early on... Mm. Uh, and then I read up and like other people have noticed other stuff as well Is when they were walking to the village over that like yellow uh, Like flower path gotcha. I was like hey I wonder if that's like following the yellow brick road For like the Wizard of Oz Ooh. And earlier in the movie apparently there is like a picture of the scarecrow From the Wizard of Oz And then yeah, other people are like yeah If you look into it like oh yeah Like uh, Mark is the scarecrow Like he's lacking brains He gets oh, filled with straw Yeah, true. Josh is the tin man because he's like he lacks empathy and like proper emotional connections, and he's always focused on like his report or his thesis. Mm. And then Mark is the cowardly lion because he's always, anytime he isn't Mark the to, scarecrow because it was, oh, yeah, sorry, straw. Christian. Christian's the oh, cowardly Christian, lion yeah. because he's always like spineless, he's afraid every time. Well, th- two, two times when he has to have like confrontation at the beginning of the movie, it's mm. shown through mirror shots and like. The person he's yeah, talking to yeah. is in frame And then he's in the mirror of the frame Which I like Yeah, yeah And so he's cowardly So they put him in like a You know A fake bear suit mm. And so they're like the three You know Male companions to like Dorothy Yeah, interesting So there's this whole wizard of, And I think uh, Ariaster did quote once Jokingly That it's like The Wizard of Oz for perverts <laughs>
0: That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I I, I didn't notice that, but I can totally see it. That's one thing
1: that I noticed, and then a couple of other things that I read about online.
0: Yeah. No, that's sick. That was actually a really good segue, too, because you're talking about the mirror shots. I Mm -hmm. thought was beautifully done. Uh, The technique of this film, like I said from the get-go, is phenomenal. And uh, it really is like a masterclass in cinematography. Yeah, it's like the whole conversation is a shot of her, and then you see him... In frame, but in the reflection, mm-hmm. and they use this again as a single shot when all the friends are at the apartment and uh, Christian like stands up and there's like a mirror above the couch yep. and he's like facing the friends again in the reflection.
1: Really nice touch. Yeah, yeah that was that was just it, my interpretation of that was that he can't directly confront people and it's always going to be in this indirect way because mm. he's yeah yeah he'll never say what he means. He'll just sort of skirt around it and try to make the other person yeah, say it themselves.
0: Yeah, totally. That's awesome. And uh, a lot of symmetry as well, which I like. As Someone with mild OCD, I'm a sucker for that in film. Particularly like the dinner scenes um, or the temple, like anytime you see the temple. Uh, particularly when it's like way down in the back of the field mm-hmm. and you got like these people frolicking or like working in the foreground. It's just kind of, it's almost ominous despite being like bright yellow. Yep. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of natural lighting used in this film, like even at night. Yeah. It seemed like it was uh, pretty raw. And uh, a lot of parallels to Hereditary, uh, particularly like the style of it. You get these sudden shots of gore, like the severed head in Hereditary or the fucking face caved in uh, in this. Uh, and again, another obscure ending. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you, <laughs> <laughs> expelling demons over here, uh, and again another obscure ending with mutilated bodies mm-hmm. in like you know uh, arranged in a fucking religious fashion, which yeah. obviously is uh, his Robert Eggers finish. You haven't seen *Boys* Afraid, no. You would totally say you prefer *Midsummer* to *Hereditary*, right? If it's well, yeah, hundred percent in yeah. your top five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I can appreciate *Midsummer* being a better made film. I think. Okay. But it didn't impact me as much as Hereditary. But that's just personal choice. Like, they're both very good films.
1: A lot of it comes down to, also, I'm not a big haunting guy. And so, I'd rather watch a movie about some weird Swedish cult Mm.
0: and a breakup movie. Oh, you are a big cult guy, I guess. Yeah. I don't want to say too much, because you haven't seen it. And I think you should. I believe that Bo, uh, played by Joaquin Phoenix in Bo is Afraid, Mm -hmm. is... The character I have empathised with most out of any film I've ever seen.
1: Good lord.
0: Yeah. You feel fucking bad (laughs) for that guy in that movie, man. Wow. And for a three-hour film, that is just... Each beat is just bad shit happening to him. (gasps) To such a nice, innocent, relatable character. Right. I really need to watch it. Tears your heart out, dude. Um... Yeah, and like I said at the start of this episode, it's one of the weirdest final acts I think I've seen in a horror, if you want to call it horror. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, man. Midsummer. I kind of want to go to Sweden, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I've wanted to go for a while.
1: Well, not not Sweden in general, but watching this movie, other than the weird... Like cult members mm. I would love to just live at Or in that community Yeah Like, like man, an Icelandic village Icelandic village like Something It like looks that. good No technology Just live there Work there mm. It's great
0: I don't think I'd want to live there But it'd I'd be nice for there. I'd retire there Retire like. there Yeah Yeah Live off the land uh,
1: I also wanted to mention it before But I forgot In terms of like the soundtrack mm. I also think it's pretty funny And cool that like When they're in the village A lot of the soundtrack Is diegetic Like you hear like this flute music playing oh, Or like true. this yeah. drums or, you know
0: Interesting just, like, point It's
1: like guitar type thing And mm. then it, the camera pans across And you see that as people playing the instruments
0: Yeah, yeah oh, That's that. a very good point That
1: was quite a funny reveal
0: And I pitched in the group, the Deadheads group uh, What our listeners' weirdest travel experience was I didn't get any hits But a guy I work with yep. I'm not going to say his name uh, he's like I don't want to comment this Because I don't know If you need like A PC rating I was like Dude have you heard Our podcast <laughs> Um, He and some friends Were at this Italian Club uh, And they call them Discotechs <laughs> Over there Which is pretty badass Yep And he was saying That uh, apparently Everyone there was Really quite nice And like He You know Being from Australia Thought uh, You know The big buff dudes Were going to be Quite intimidating And, and confrontational And uh, you know, they let him ride on through whenever they were like blocking a doorway, like everyone was polite. So, anyway, uh, they got very drunk, mm-hmm. and this friend uh, needed to vomit. So, he was running into the bathroom, and all the doors were shut. Mm-hmm. So, he just pushes open the first one he can find, vomits everywhere into this dude's lap.
1: Dude fucking be rabbited it. <laughs> who was,
0: yeah, who was sitting on the toilet, and for fear that the guy would hit him. He hit him first what the and then fuck? ran out of there.
1: Man, that's, that's right. the stuff that gives Australians
0: a bad name. I know. Ran into there, threw up on a dude who was just pleasantly taking a sheet, uh, a sheet, <laughs> a shit in piece, punches him and runs away. The dude uh, would have been like, what the fuck just happened? That's awful. I mean, yeah. it's hilarious, but yeah. good Lord. Wild, right? I've only been outside the country once and that was uh, the start of last year to uh, the Southern Island in New Zealand. And the weirdest thing that happened to me there uh, was a dude walking down the street in Queenstown with a lobster called Raylene, apparently. Wait a minute. I think I've heard of this guy. And he was he was asking people if they wanted to pat it as he was did, walking down well, the
1: street. The question we all want to know, did you pat it? I recoiled in horror. What the fuck is wrong? I'd pet a guy's pet I don't lobster. I do pet his lobster. Why not?
0: That sounds like the worst euphemism ever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it's not like he's walking up with, you know I've got a lobster in my pants, you <laughs> want to pet it If you're going to see the lobster, you know, you can pet it
0: Didn't you have like an experience where you were in Perth with Alex once And you are like walking through a park and some dude wanted to like start a fight with you for some yeah, reason Yeah, that, w- that was
1: weird It's not like a funny story or anything But like we when we went to Perth And nothing too bad about Perth, it's just my least favourite uh, <laughs> capital <couple laughs> city of Australia I've been to Right we landed at like 9 or 10 p.m. We're like, oh, right, we'll grab some food back when we actually ate fast food. we go like, oh, that was a Macca's sort of 20-minute walk down. Mm. Went down there, didn't have too many issues walking to it. By the time we got there, it was clearly in a bad neighborhood. And yeah. like 10 p.m., this Macca's is going off with just these yeah. like t- like teen to early 20-year-old like heathens. <laughs> like, All right, let's eat our Whedon's. food quickly and leave. I kind of yeah. felt like, you know, fucking Thomas Wayne walking at the back <laughs> of <laughs> down the alley. We're going to get mugged. And then, yeah, we're like walking back to the hotel, and this shirtless, like, kind of overweight guy who was clearly on some sort of drugs and alcohol mm. is like walking towards us, mumbling to himself. And I'm like, because I thought he said something to me. I'm like, oh, what was that, mate? Kindly, I didn't want to oh, start. And it. he thought you were stoked. And the he fire. just started like, I, he like started like throwing his hands ready for it. And I'm just like, nope. <laughs> and then we Jesus just like quickly walked past Christ. him. And then, yeah, like a couple minutes down the road, we walked past, past this, like, park in Mm. like the middle of the city Mm. and you could just hear like like homeless people like howling and yelling good lord and i'm like i feel that was like the scaredest i've been yeah like in my life i was like let's get the fuck back to
0: this hotel jesus christ travel meet people go to weird places and don't get made into a fucking scarecrow there you have it folks (laughs)
1: Well, anyway that was our episode on midsummer I hope you' all enjoyed uh, you can catch us in the meantime on our social media at deadhouse or deadhouse pod send us any emails at deadhousepod at homemail.com uh, and then wait for our new episode to drop on Friday wherever you get them 5 pm <laughs> 5 p.m yeah thank you um don't go to Sweden perhaps <laughs> we'll be right back